This is the Funville Nine, driven by AAA, the official podcast of the Richmond Flying Squirrels. Here's your host, Trey Wilson. Hello and welcome to today's Flying Squirrels pregame conversation. Today we've got a conversation that I had this weekend with Flying Squirrels pitcher Nick Zwak. Uh, we got a chance to sit down and talk some about playing baseball growing up in a cold-weather climate up in Minnesota. We also talked about his first sports love growing up, which was hockey, and we talked pretty in-depth about that. Uh, we chatted about heading down to Cincinnati to go to Xavier for his college baseball, getting drafted by the Mets, and then ultimately getting traded to the San Francisco Giants about a year ago last summer at the trade deadline. Uh, part of the deal for Darren Ruff going to New York, Zwak came over with uh, current Flying Squirrels teammate Carson Seymour. Uh, we chatted some about those two knowing each other even before their days together with the New York Mets. Here's my conversation with Flying Squirrels pitcher Nick Swap. Today, getting a chance to sit down with Flying Squirrels pitcher Nick Swap, who's in his first full year with the San Francisco Giants organization, his first year at the AA level, and been working this year a little bit starting, a little bit relieving, and uh, but still kind of working as a starter. We'll talk about that in just a second, Nick. But first of all, thanks for taking some time to chat. How's everything going? Yeah, thanks. Happy to be on. Um, things are going good. Excited to uh, put together a good second half here. So let's go back a little ways. Let's talk about your, your introduction to baseball. Growing up in Minnesota, what was the town that you grew up in? Uh, it's called Monticello, a uh, small town about an hour out of Minneapolis. Um, wasn't huge into baseball in high school. Um, I actually quit my freshman year of high school, and my head coach was able to get me back on board, and I'm pretty thankful that he did. I would say, yeah, probably pretty grateful. Well, first of all, I've definitely been pronouncing that wrong. I've been saying Monticello because in Virginia, you know, with yes. Charlottesville, yep. Jefferson's home there, we say Monticello. So I'll make that note. It's Monticello is how they pronounce it up in Minnesota. But yeah, I'd say you are pretty, pretty thankful. I know that you were a multi-sport athlete in high school uh, and a pretty accomplished hockey player, right? Hockey was my first love. Uh, coming from the state of hockey, a good majority of people play hockey. So I was surrounded by that all year round and then actually played one year of summer baseball my senior year of high school. So other than that, it was pretty hockey heavy, yeah. So you say summer baseball. You guys, because it's colder up there during the normal baseball season for high school, do you all play your high school season out of the school year? It gets it gets pushed back. Uh, it kind of depends, I guess, once the snow melts. But it's, <laughs> it's usually a little later into the spring that you start going. And then, yeah, if, if you want to start playing at the higher levels, you got to play a little summer ball as well. Well, outside of pitching, did you play anywhere else in baseball? I played first. Um, I hit a little bit, but I was pretty content to put the bat down once I got to college. Yeah, the left-handed arm, it, uh, they probably said, uh, you know, you got a lefty. No wonder your high school coach wanted to get you back on the mound. You got a lefty. That's a rare thing to find. Well, let's talk about hockey a little bit. So I was doing some research a while back when y'all were first coming to town, and I found this story about this game-winning, buzzer-beating goal that you scored in high school. Can you tell us about that game and how, how fun that was? Yeah, it was, we were able to make it to the state tournament my senior year, and being from Minnesota, the Minnesota State High School hockey tournament is something to be get excited about um came in as a seven seed out of eight ended up winning our first two games like you said i was able to score with two-ish seconds left to send us to state championship which was an amazing experience and then ended up losing in double overtime but to have that ride and be part of that community was was pretty exciting you know it kind of put monticello on the map in terms of hockey so it was like 2.8 seconds or something like that. And, you know, you see that sometimes in, in maybe basketball, but I feel like as a casual hockey observer, you don't see a lot of those buzzer-beating shots. For whatever reason, everybody kind of positions, and if you've got control of the puck at that point, 
everybody's kind of playing it for overtime or something like that. Uh, did you, when you see the puck coming your way, did you did you feel like you had a shot to end this thing, or were you just slapping it and hoping for the best? And the video will show it, but it was a hope and a prayer. I think that was my quote. But yeah, to get, uh, if I can remember, it was a good game back and forth. I ended up tying it, and then you know just keep trying to get shots on net. And I think it was just a little bleeder that snuck five hole that we finally got to go through. But it was it's pretty exciting for sure. When you go home uh, during the winter, do you ever get a chance to get out on the ice a little bit these days? Yeah, pond hockey's still a love for me. Uh, go home and find some buddies, and, you know, if there's any sort of frozen surface, you know, we're usually out there messing around, having fun. So, Well, coming out of high school, I know it's uh, playing in Minnesota, talking to a few other guys who grew up in that area, guys like Sean Jelly and uh, some of the other guys who've come through over the years. It's, uh, it's a little bit different from what a lot of the guys who grew up in Texas or California or anywhere down south. Uh, have that experience it's probably also a little bit harder to get noticed but you caught the eye of Xavier University over in Cincinnati uh, how did those conversations start and what was it what was it about Xavier that convinced you to head down there and, and keep this thing going after high school yeah um, you know when I was when I joined back up in baseball I remember my high school p- or pitching coach saying you know if you get anywhere 88 90 coming out of high school like you can get some pretty good looks so I kind of made that my goal and I think I ended up topping out like 88 coming out of high school, but it was enough to get some the mid-major uh, Division ones, a lot of Big East offers. Um, Xavier took the cake with. I wanted to make sure it was a good uh, academic school as well, so it being a private Jesuit was kind of checking the boxes for me. So I made the trip down there and had a great experience there. Cincinnati is a pretty cool town. I don't think a lot of people really, unless you've spent some time there, understand that. There's a, that's a, it's a pretty cool place to be. You're right there on the river, Kentucky, right across the border. It's, uh, it's in Ohio, but it's not Cleveland. And Cleveland's okay, too. I'm not knocking Cleveland. Columbus and Cleveland are their own separate things from each other. And then Cincinnati's kind of got, you're on the edge of the Appalachians. It's got a little bit of a chip on its shoulder type of town. But it's, it seems like a fun place to be. Did you enjoy your time in Cincinnati? Yeah, uh, I loved it. You know, it was, it was a small campus, but it's, you know, 10 minutes from downtown, right by the ballpark. you got to strip of good entertainment there that we were able to take advantage of so there was some good different experiences just like any other place but yeah i enjoyed my time there in cincinnati i don't know if a lot of people know this but a great uh un- underrated music scene in cincinnati there's a lot of good music artists coming out of there so the mets call your name the, the draft just happened uh, over this past weekend and that's uh it's such a monumental moment in everybody in this game's lives so for you coming out of xavier uh, what was draft day like when the Mets picked you up back in uh, a couple of years ago? Uh, my word would be stressful, um, you know, especially with what happened with COVID, me being in that COVID year with the five round, had to make some decisions within those two years, either to take offers, go back to school. I decided to go back to school for another year and go in the 20 round. And it got to the point where I just hoping my name would get called and just get an opportunity. Uh, I'm very thankful for the Mets taking me in and really developing me and showing me how to understand biomechanics, pitch mechanics, stuff like that, and really kind of shape myself into the pitcher that I am today. Yeah, it's uh, everything on the pro side now. Some of the colleges have that kind of technology and that thought process, but things have changed so much on the professional side in recent years. And the Mets, uh, they had you for a couple of years. You worked up through their system, and then now you come over here to the Giants. We're, We're trade deadline is also coming up soon and that's a pretty stressful time to be in the clubhouse everybody you've got one guy in every clubhouse who's always like hey man i heard you're getting traded they're just <laughs> making up rumors that i yeah. left that i saw on twitter that you're getting traded what well, did happen to you last year you and seymour 
and of course J.D. Davis on the big league side coming over to the Giants uh, in that Darren Ruff trade. Was that something that was anywhere on your radar heading into the deadline, or did you catch it completely off guard? Completely off guard. Um, at that point in my career, I was pitching well. Um, in my eyes, it was a later draft pick who kind of built up and started to become something of a a better pitcher than what I came in as. So I figured, you know, the Mets want to keep me around, get me off that. And no, like you said, it was completely off guard. Uh, got called into the manager's office, said you've been traded to the Giants. And the next day I was on a flight to Washington to meet up with Eugene. So it was a quick whirlwind of 24 hours for sure. Yeah, I can't imagine just uprooting everything and out of nowhere. Well, now it's been about a year and uh, you've, you've settled your feet in with the San Francisco Giants. And, of course, you came over in the trade with somebody that you'd kind of come up the ranks with, with Carson Seymour. And people always assume that, uh, that you know, if two guys come over from an organization, they're probably best buds. That's not always the case, but it definitely seems like it would be a comfort to have a familiar face making that transition with you. Was that the case for you two? Yeah, it was kind of funny how it worked. Uh, when we were sophomores in college, we actually played on the same summer team as well mm-hmm. out in Harwich in the Cape Cod League. So... Played in Cape Cod together, and then we ended up getting drafted the same team. Uh, you know, kind of became roommates when we were out down in Florida with the Mets. And then for us to get put together in the same trade to go over to the Giants was kind of surreal. We were both kind of shocked that it worked out that way, but obviously happy that it did. Well, this year, your first season at A, your first full year with the Giants, so your first time going through spring at Papago instead of over in Florida, which is a whole different experience of its own. Uh, but uh, this has been a year where there have been some ups and downs. We have seen some flashes of some really good outings. Is there anything that at this point now that we're moving into the month of July, about halfway into July, that you've taken from this year? You say, I feel good about this, and I'm working on this. Yeah, I, like, like you said, ups and downs. But, you know, as long as the downs are taken as learning, that's for me, like, the biggest thing. Build off of each outing no matter what. And, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to – kind of keep working back towards what I know I can be what I have been in spring training and uh, I guess yeah that's what keeps me going right now when the situation that you're in lately you know you've you've been a starting pitcher and you're still kind of working a starting pitcher workload but you're you're doing some of these piggybacking outings where you're not you know if you're starting you know I'm taking the ball at roughly seven o'clock and I'm going out there and I'm throwing five six hopefully once everybody gets stretched out Mm -hmm. but when you're doing these outings where you're coming out of the bullpen it's not quite as routine you got to kind of be ready to start getting hot not necessarily at a prescribed time is that something that working in this kind of role that you've been in this year that you had to adapt to or what did it still seem pretty much kind of like a start day um the the good thing about the piggyback is you do know the day that you're going but like you said you don't have that exact time and i think that was part of partly what they were intending to do with that is you know kind of give me a little bit of wiggle room to kind of not really put so much pressure on that seven o'clock start or whatever so like understanding that you know you're pitching today but you have to be ready to get ready on the fly and make adjustments so i think it's it's good experience to have both um obviously i'll I'd love to keep extending and doing what I can with that, but just to have the innings that I have and the experience that I've gained this year is is, is great to be a part of this team. Well, best of luck to you in the second half as we continue rolling. Now, post-All-Star break time. Appreciate you taking some time to chat today, and uh, we'll catch up again sometime soon. Yeah, Great. Thank you for your time.